Welcome to the Glow Podcast with Dr. Land. Our purpose is to inspire and equip you to live a purposeful and maximized life that makes a glowing difference in your world to God's glory. For more inspiring content from Dr. Land, visit our website at www.pastorland.com and follow at Pastor Land on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Now let's listen in and be inspired. So we're going to go right ahead right now uh, into our sermon for today. My sermon for today is for you. I'm telling you, it's for you. And it's titled, Activate Your Go. (laughs) Activate Your Go, your G-O. Activate Your Go. So when I was preparing for this sermon, you know, we've been studying the book of Acts uh, in the month of August. So I've been going through the book of Acts. And so there are different divisions in the book of Acts. So in the, at the beginning uh, of the book of Acts, first of all, the disciples were dormant. They were afraid. Jesus Christ came and he activated them. He got them going. And then they got filled with the Holy Spirit. They started moving. Uh, miracles started happening. Uh, the church started forming. And then when you get to Acts chapter 6, by the time you get to Acts chapter 6, you, know, you begin to see that something else was happening within the church. So, you know, we read before that they were fellowshipping together from house to house. You know, they were eating their food together. They were praying together. They were doing all that together. But by the time we got to chapter 6, they were complaining. Certain people were complaining that they were not getting enough food. You know, all that was uh, was happening. And the disciples said, you know, we've got to do something. They set things in motion. But what happened in the first part of the Acts of the Apostles was that the disciples, they saw the move of God. They saw people coming to them. You know, they saw that happening, and then they settled in Jerusalem. They settled around there in Jerusalem. But if you remember our scripture for this month, for our theme for this one, Acts chapter 1, verse 8 says, You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses. Remember, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So God's plans was beyond Jerusalem and Judea. It extended to Samaria. It extended to the ends of the earth. But the disciples were camping in Jerusalem. So they had moved into a kind of dormant kind of movement. They were moving. Some things were happening, but they were located in one spot. And you see, listen, when you get to a point where you are just in one point, you are just in one point, even though God has been moving at that point, if you don't move when God says it's time to move, then you begin to experience some of the things that they began to experience. Isn't, you know, isn't that similar to uh, some of the things that happen to us in our lives? You know, we hear the word of the Lord, or things happen, and we find ourselves in a particular spot. We experience some revival. We experience some great stuff. And then before you know, We camp around that revival. We camp around that place. For example, right now, God has moved through this time of when we've been it would be, it would be, um, it would be uh, socially distancing, as it is called, that we've not been having physical services, right? But some people right now, they are at a point where they are now camping around where we are right now. They are camping around it as if that is all of God's plan. That we, forever and ever right now, we're going to be socially distancing. Forever and ever right now, it's all going to be online and all that. You need to know that God is very dynamic, and I'm going to show you, I'm going to show you something there. So we can't just camp 
based on assumption, we always have to know that, we always have to make sure that we are very, very attuned with what God is saying. In the Old Testament, when the children of Israel, they were going through the wilderness, they were guided in the day by what is called the pillar of cloud. And then they were guided in the night by what is called the pillar of fire. Now, the pillar of cloud and the pillar of fire will stay on top of them. They will see it. And it was their guidance. It was also their protection. So sometimes it will stay there for some weeks. It will stay there for some months. Sometimes it will stay there for some years. So they stay there. But the moment the pillar began to move, Everybody is supposed to move with the pillar. You have to move with the cloud. If you stay behind the cloud, you are going to be exposed to danger. You are going to be behind. You are going to be out of tunes and out of steps with God's plans. So you have to be very sensitive to flow with him. Listen, we don't have a cloud up there that is guiding us right now. But the Bible tells us that we have the Holy Spirit who is guiding us right now. And the Holy Spirit is very dynamic. It's like the wind. So sometimes it tells you it's time to camp. It's time to relax. It's time for you to rest. It's time for you, you know, to, to distance. It's time for you to do this. And then some Suddenly, it begins to signal again and say, it's time for you to begin to move again. You have to make sure that when the Holy Spirit is signaling for you to move in any direction, in anything, that you are very obedient to that move. So that is why I'm speaking to you today on what I titled, Activate Your Go. I'm speaking it to you because the Holy Spirit is telling me that there's a shift that is taking place. There's a shift that you are supposed to, to, to experience right now. There's a move that you are supposed to move. There's a move you are supposed to move. There's, this, there's some step. There's some adjustment. There's some, you know, there, there's, some, there's some movement you know, that you are supposed to make at this time. And I want to encourage you to move it. There's, there's a travel that God wants you to go through from the place you are right now to another place. You know, there's a move from one place to another place. Hallelujah. And you know, there's a, there's, a, there's, there's, there's a pursuit that God wants to initiate in your life. There's a particular course that God wants you to pursue now. There's, there, there, there's a departure for some people, you know, that needs to take place concerning certain things right now. God wants us to activate our goal. So we're going to go deeper into it today. I'm going to be, uh, you know, teaching and explaining this. Uh, on that three points, the, uh, three points, and my first point, you know, about what the, the move that we need to make, the activation of our goal that we need to make, my first point is we need to go outside the current and the conventional. So I'm going to be using the stories of some people in the Acts of the Apostles who moved when God told them to move, or when God moved them to move, they began to move, and God used them to change certain things. So we're going to be looking at their stories. So the first one is the first move that God wants us to make. The first shift that God wants us to make is, is to go outside the current and the conventional. Outside the current and the conventional. I'm going to show you a guy that did that in Acts of the Apostles. But first of all, let me tell you something. You see, there's something about the old, about things, things that are established, things that are there, things that are old, that there's a lure. You know, there's a, there's a lure of safety that it comes with. You know, whenever you see something established, you know, I, you know, I remember when I experienced it when we, when we bought uh, the building for the church. And, you know, there were different things that were already set up. 
they had already set up all those, all the different, some walls and all that, but they were not the way it was supposed to be. The stage was not the way it was supposed to be. The rooms were not the way they were supposed to be. And then I faced this dilemma then. Do I just allow these things that have been established to be there? At least we have something that is established, or do we demolish it? I went through a struggle in my spirit at that time. And those, of, those who were around me then, you know, they, they, understood, they, they knew. I was going through that, so do, do we demolish all these things, or do we establish one? There was one word that God spoke to me then that, you know, that you know, I, I used to speak it then to everybody that were, that were working together then, and God brought it back to my mind. God told me then, he said, the fact, he said, the fact that it is established, or be, the fact that it is constructed, does not mean that it always has to be standing. The fact that something is already there and it's established does not, mean, does not mean that it has to continue. Does not mean it has to continue. Sometimes you have to tear down something that is established. Sometimes you have to move from the old into the new. The fact that it is there does not mean it has to continue to be there. And the fact that you have done it that way does not mean that it has to be, continue to be done that way. So God is calling us to shift from some old things to the new. But there's that thing that just keeps, keeps us in the old because the old is always safer. Look at what Jesus said in the book of Luke chapter 5 verse 67, 37, talking about the old and the new. Luke chapter 5 verse 36, first of all. Um, he, said, he said, he told them this parable, no one tears a piece of a new garment to to patch an old one. Otherwise, they will have turned the new garment and the patch from the new, new one will not match the old. Then verse 37, and no one puts new wine into old wineskins. Otherwise, the new wine will bust the skins, the wines will run out, and the wineskin will be ruined. Verse 38, verse 38. He said, new wine must be poured into new wineskin. He said, and no one, look at this, after drinking the old wine, wants the new. Look at that. No one, after drinking the old wine, wants the new. But they say the old is better. So one of the things that happens is that we say the hold is better. We say, you know what, I think I'm comfortable in this job. I've had it for a long time. You know, I think I'm comfortable, you know, just, you know, the way I am, you know, this is what I've been doing for a long time. At least I have some security in it. You know, I, I have some safety in it. You know, I, I just want to stay the way things, the things, have been, th things have been. They say the old is better. But God is calling us, he's telling us that he's a God who is dynamic, he's always moving on, he's always renewing the old, he's always, he's always bringing something new into operation. We need to follow him. And listen, let me, let me just talk to you about, you know, quickly, some areas where we, need to, where we need to go outside the current and the conventional. You need to ask yourself three important questions this morning. I want you to ask yourself this question. The first one is, ask yourself. What is God's current instruction to me? What is God's current instruction to me? Now, I'm using the example of Abraham in Abraham chapter 22. Sorry, Genesis chapter 22 from verse 11 to 12. Uh, because something interesting happened here. Now, Abraham had received an instruction from God to go and sacrifice Isaac. Right? God told him, it was God that spoke to him. He said, take your son, your only son, Isaac, go to the mountain of Moriah and go and sacrifice your son for me. So Abraham received a specific and direct instruction from God. And then Abraham obeyed. And he took his child, took Isaac, and then they got there. They got to the top of the mountain. And when Abraham was about to kill Isaac as a sacrifice to God, that's when this happened. He said, at that moment, the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven, Abraham! Abraham, yes, Abraham replied, here I am. 
Verse 12. Don't lay a hand on the boy. The angel said, do not hurt him in any way. For now I know you truly fear God. You have not withheld from me even your only son. Listen, when I was reading this thing, the, the, the word that came to me was that if it was, if it was some of us, you know, we will say, no, 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 God spoke to me. God spoke to me to kill this child. God spoke to me to kill, so I'm going to kill this child. Not knowing that there's an updated instruction. There's an updated instruction from God. What, is, what, what instruction is God updating in your life right now? What is something that you have been doing that God says, now it's time for you to do it a different way, or it's time for you to stop doing that thing, or it's time for you to do something new? I believe the Spirit of God will start to speak to you as you are listening to me of some instructions. You need to be current with God's instruction. Even if what you were doing was started by God, God instructed you to do it, you must always consult with him. That's why we have to be in touch with him on a consistent basis so that we know when God is updating the instruction or changing strategies or changing directions that we are sensitive to be able to follow him. The second question that you need to ask yourself uh, is what is the current direction for past instructions. What is the current direction for past instructions or, or past instructions? Now, Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Remember, Jesus said, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you'll be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. So as at this time that we're studying the book of Acts, the disciples were fulfilling the Jerusalem, the Jerusalem Judea aspect of that mission. It was an old instruction from Jesus, but there was a new direction for an old instruction. There was, uh, there, was a, there was a new direction, and the new direction was that it's time to go to Samaria, and it's time to go to the, to the ends of the earth. But they were still gathering around a part of that instruction. So I want you to ask yourself today, talking about getting, going, activating your goal, to go outside the current and the conventional. Ask yourself that question. What is, is there a new direction for a past, direction, a, a past instruction that I received from God? And thirdly, thirdly the, the third question, are there signs signaling a shift? Are there signs signaling a shift? So during this period in Acts of the Apostles, the persecution just, just began to take place in the hearts of the apostles. They've been in Jerusalem. Church was growing. People were getting healed. Peter's shadow was healing people. They were having revival. They were bold. They were doing all that. Then suddenly, people like, Paul, like Saul stood up. Persecution rose up against them. And then they were scattered all over the place. Oh, somebody says, ah, they were scattered. They were scattered. Oh, the devil is attacking them. The devil is attacking them. Yes, you know, and I think I've taught this message some, you know, some months ago at the beginning of the pandemic that even when the devil is walking, you need to understand. When I thought about, you know, when Paul was talking about the grace, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in your weakness. He was talking about the messenger of Satan that had been sent to him, but was also talking about God walking with what the devil was trying to do. I want you to know that even though, you know, the coronavirus that's scattered people and separated people is not, is not God. God does, God does not come to kill, to steal, and to destroy. But even in the midst of it, there is something that God is doing. So you need to always be sensitive to see the signs all around you. What are the signs? In Matthew chapter 16, from verse 2 to 3, Paul was telling the, you know, the, 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 the Pharisees and all that, they were listening to him, he said, you know the saying, red sky at night means fair weather tomorrow. And sky in the morning means, uh, means foul weather all day. You know how to interpret weather signs of the sky, but you don't know 
how to interpret the signs of the times. So there are signs of the times. Signs of the times signaling a shift of God. I want you to take some time to, you know, to just think today and you know, just prayerfully ask God, what are some signs I'm missing? Or could this, could, what has been happening in the past few months be a sign for a shift that needs to take place for us to move out of the conventional and the current? Yeah, I want to tell you that that's, what is, that that's part of what God is doing. What else is God speaking to you that tells you that there's a need to shift? You need to find out. You need to ask that, yourself that question, whether there's a sign or a shift. Now, let me show you uh, the story of this particular man in Acts of the Apostle who was very sensitive to God and he activated his goal out of the current and the conventional, and then he moved the church into a new flow. In Acts chapter 8, while uh, Paul was threatening everybody, Saul was threatening everybody, killing people, you know, I mean, you know, you know, just arresting people so that they could be killed. While that was going on, and Stephen, one of the, one of the apostles, uh, the disciples, was killed, and the persecution uh, began. Acts chapter 8, uh, a great persecution began, you know, sweeping over the church in Jerusalem. You know, you know sweeping about the church in Jerusalem. That's in verse, uh, verse 2. All the believers except the apostles were scattered, you know, all over the place, uh, verse 1. All the believers were scattered. So now, see the signs, they were scattered. But this is where I am going. There was a guy there who used to be a deacon. He was one of those people who was distributing food to the widows. Distributing food to the widows. Just, you know, we've been distributing food and all that. You know, they were distributing food to the widows. This man did something. This man moved out of the current and the conventional. Look at what, what he did. So let's go to verse 4. He said, the believers who were scattered preached the good news about Jesus everywhere they went. Verse 5. Philip, for example, went to the city of Samaria and told the people there about the Messiah. Listen, you need to understand uh, you know, something about, you know, Samaria. Jesus said they will preach the gospel in Jerusalem and then to Judea and then to Samaria. You need to understand something about the Samaritans. And I, I think I'll talk about that later when I get to my, you know, to my other points. You know, one of my other points. I'll, I'll talk a little more about, about the Samaritan. But something that Philip did here was that he moved from the conventional. Everything was going on in Jerusalem. This guy said, you know what? Let's do Samaria now. <laughs> Let's do Samaria now. And then he went... He went to Samaria. And look at what happened, verse, verse 6. As he was preaching to them in Samaria about the Messiah, crowds listened intently to Philip because they were eager to hear his message and see the miraculous signs he did. Let me tell you something. Listen, when you step out of the current and the conventional, when you're about to do it, something tells you, oh, no, the hold is better. Oh, you know, the hold is safer. That if you step out and do something new, maybe you are not going to be able to, you are not going to be able to handle it. God says, start that business, do this, or, you know, just, you know, you know, just get into a new shift in your life, in your relationship, whatever, your finances or whatever. You know, your, the devil tells you, or your mind tells you, oh, no, you know, I, I think, I don't know whether I'm going, to, I'm going to succeed in this. What if I fail? What I'm here to announce to you right now is that your future is eager to receive you. The future is eager to receive you. He said they were eager to hear his message and to see the miraculous signs he did. I want you to know that outside of the current that you are right now, there's something, there are some people that are waiting for you. They've been waiting for you, and it's when you stand out that you are going to be able, when you make that shift, that you are going to be able to see the eagerness of those people. There's something that is waiting for you outside your current flow. There's something that is waiting for you outside the conventional, that is waiting for you outside the routine, outside the way your life has been, the things that you have been rotating around. There's something waiting for you outside of that place, and if you obey God and step out of it, I'm telling you, 
you are going to see the eagerness of those things. They are going to receive you with open arms, and you are going to see yourself functioning and operating in a way that you have never operated before. You even surprise yourself. You know, verse 7, look at what happened in verse 7. You know, this guy stepped out of the current, and then it began to affect the current realities of other people. That's the way it usually happens. When somebody is bold to step out of the current, then there are people that have been rotting in the hold also that just get delivered. It's somebody's deliverance in your hand. It's somebody's deliverance in your move, in that tiny shift in your mind, that tiny shift that you need to make into the new. It's somebody's deliverance waiting for you there. I can tell you there's somebody waiting for you to make that shift to make that shift you see I have seen certain shifts that I made in my mind from the current into the new that God was calling me to and when I step into the when I step into the new I find that people have been waiting for me to do that some people have been crying you know for me to make that shift and then in making that shift I'm able to affect the shift of other people. Many evil spirits were cast out. People that have been bound by devils, they experience a new. They experience the new. People that, people, people that have been victims, people that have been paralyzed. There's somebody who has been paralyzed by fear. Somebody who has been paralyzed by the circumstances of their life that's just making for you to make that shift into the new, into, in, out of the current, out of the conventional, into the new that God is calling you to. And you will see that those paralyzed people will begin to get healed. Your family will begin to get healed. Your community will begin to get healed when you activate your goal. Look at it in verse 8. Some people, they've been deceived also. Verse 8. See, there was great joy in that city. There was great joy in that city. Because this man stepped out of the current and the conventional, he unleashed joy upon the city. Oh, Chicago is, Chicago, the city we're in right now, is waiting for joy. The city is looking for hope. The city is looking for direction. The city is looking for comfort and healing. Oh, the city is waiting for those who will step out of the current and the conventional that will rise up and obey God. What is telling them to do? That initiative is speaking to you to do. That thing is telling you to establish on social media. That thing is telling you to do in your places of work. That thing is telling you to do in your family. As you step out, joy will come into this city. You know, I can boldly declare that some people have experienced joy because I stepped out of the hole into this city. I stepped of where I was, and God said, come to this city. I stepped out of the suburb, he said, come to this city. I stepped out of Nigeria, he said, come to this city. And at different times, I've had to make those moves, and I've seen people experience joy as a result of it, and impact upon the city. I'm telling you right now, that God is speaking to you also, to step out of the hole into the current. Something is about to happen. The city is looking for his joy, and he's waiting for you. Waiting for you, verse 9. Verse 9. There was deception that was ongoing. He said a man named Simon had been a sorcerer for many years. Listen, there are so many things that have existed for many years in your family, existed for many years in your life, in your community, in your profession. They've existed. They've been, they, 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 they've been recognized as established. They are there. And people are living under them. And some of those things, they are, they are, they are, they are not things that are empowering. Uh, like in, this, in our community, uh, racism, discrimination, all kinds of things that have been existing there for many years. But because this man was sensitive to move out of the current and the conventional into the new that God called him into, look at what happened. A man named Cyrus, Simon had been a sorcerer there for many years, amazing the people of Samaria and claiming to be somebody great. Listen, I prophesy over you right now. Everything that has been claiming to be great in your family, to be great in your life, in your community, that has been deceiving, 
and declaring his greatness, his, his might, his strength. But it's not displaying the greatness of God because you are stepping out right now and activating your goal as God is instructing you. I declare that those giants will begin to fall before you. Things that have been declaring themselves as great in the business world, as you step out into that business arena, the greatness of God will rise up against you and true greatness is going to be shown. The things that have been displaying themselves as great, as great in your profession, in your career, oh, in your life, in your family, as you step out right now, those giants begin to fall before you. Because you are obeying God to move from the current and the conventional. He said, everyone from the least to the greatest often spoke of him as the great one, the power of God. Verse 11. But listen, when, verse 11, they listened closely to him because for a long time he astounded them with his magic. He had been deceiving people and all that. God is shifting something. God is shifting something in us, in our communities, in our generation, in our time, in our world right now. All the things that have exalted themselves as big, that people have depended upon, that people have looked up to because of the magic, because of the things that they have shown. Oh, God is bringing all those idols down right now. And God is raising up a new set of icons, a new set of people who are following him from the old into the new. And God is raising up a new form of the manifestation of his greatness, the true greatness of God, the true power of God, the name of Jesus that is above every other name. And you're one of those people that God is calling to bring forth the new. The people believe Philip. They stopped believing what Simon was telling them. So because Philip obeyed God and moved out of the common, out of the conventional, look at what happened. Finally, one, one last thing that happened with Philip when he moved out of the hold into the name was that he even caused the other apostles, the other disciples, in verse 14, all the other people that were in the hold. He said, when the apostles in Jerusalem heard that the people of Samaria had accepted God's message, they sent Peter and John there. Verse 15. Verse 15. As soon as they arrived, they prayed for those new believers to receive the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit, for the Holy Spirit had not yet come upon any of them. And they are only, they've only been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. So you see what happened there. Peter and John laid their hands upon these believers. They received the Holy Spirit. Because of the obedience of Philip to step out of the hold into the name. Look at what happened. Number one, he created a new shift in his own life. He created a new shift for an entire city, for people that have been bound. He, 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 he created, he set people free from things that had held them down for a long time. And also, he caused the entire church to move in the direction that the Holy Spirit is, has, has been asking the church to move. The disciples, the apostles actually began to minister to Samaria according to the words of Jesus. So I want to tell you, get out of the hold and move into the new. If you don't do it, listen, if you don't, if you don't step out of the hold when God is telling you to step out of the hold into the new, there are some dangers to it. Number one, Jesus said, you cannot have new wine if you still have the old wine skin. When we stay with the hold, when we stay, when God is telling us it's time to shift in different areas and we stay with the hold, we can't experience the best of God. Wine represents the Holy Spirit. Wine represents the Holy Spirit. Number two, if you don't, you know, move, your provisions can stop. Your provisions can stop in that place where you are. I'll give you an example. Elijah, God told him to move to the, you know, to go to the, to the brook of, uh, of Cherith. And he said, I'm going to take care of you there. So Elijah moved there. He went to the brook of Cherith and he was enjoying food and all that. Then suddenly, God, they said the brook dried up. It was time for him to move. So God told him, Go to the widow of Sarephath because I've created a new flow for you. 
the, when the brook dried up, there was no rain falling, you know, because for there was no rain falling in the land. Listen, when God tells you to move and you don't move, then you begin to experience a drought. You begin to experience a drought because God has another provision for you, you know, in something new, in, a, in another, another thing that he's telling you to do or a new direction that he's going you to, telling you to, uh, to go or a new instruction that he's telling you or something, an update to what you have been doing before. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You don't want, you know, I wrote something here that you don't want to be a protector of the monument. That's one of the dangers of staying with the old. You become a protector of the moment that are, a monument rather than being a participant in the movement. I've told God I want to be a participant in the movement of God and one that protects the monument. I want to go in the direction that God is telling me to go in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Let me go to my point number two today. Activate your goal. So my first point is go outside the current and the conventional. My second point is go outside the comfortable. Go outside the comfortable. You see, one of the things that you will learn in working with God is that God never calls you into the comfortable. God calls you out of the comfortable into the uncomfortable. But when you step out into the uncomfortable, you will experience the comfort of God. There's a statement that I, you know, I wrote it sometime, you know, some, some years ago, you know, and, you know, I just come into my mind right now that what God has for you, the things that God has prepared for you, he does not keep it in your comfort zone. He puts it all the time outside of your comfort zone. That's where he puts it. And then he will go there and he will beckon you to dare step out of your comfort zone to come and claim what belongs to you. But you know what usually, what usually happens to most of us? Most of us, we just stay in our comfort zone. And that thing that God asks for us, that is outside our comfort zone, it just stays there. Listen, if you want to be who you have never been before, you have to do what you have never done before. If you want to have what you have never had before, you have to do something that you have never done before. You have to step out of your comfort zone. You have to step out of your fear. You have to step out. You have to step out, out of that fear and step into what God is telling you to do. Let's look at this man who did that. So, around that same time that Philip, God moved Philip to Samaria and he went outside the conventional, he went outside the current and began something, moved with God into something new. There was another disciple there named Ananias. So after God met, uh, Jesus met Paul on the road to Damascus and spoke to him, Paul was blinded. Then Paul went to Damascus and he was there, he was praying. In Acts chapter 8, starting from verse 10, sorry, Acts chapter 9, starting from verse 10, let's look at the story of this disciple. He said in Damascus there was a disciple named Ananias. Oh, I want it to be said of me that in Chicago there was a disciple named Gregory Land. Oh, there was a disciple named Gregory Land. The Lord called him in a vision, saying, Gregory Land! And Gregory Land said, Yes, Lord! Yes, Lord! Listen, we need to learn to say, Yes, Lord. <laughs> yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. When he calls us, Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. And the Lord told him, told him, Go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying. Listen, simple instruction. <laughs> you go to the house of, of, of Judas on Straight Street. Okay, God is telling me to go to Straight Street. Okay, what's happening on Straight Street, you know? <laughs> Where is Straight Street? Is it in Rogers Park? Is it in um, uh, Albany Park? Is it in Hyde Park? Or oh, is it in Kenwood, Oakland? 
Is he in uh, Woodlawn? Oh, is he in the south suburb or the west suburb? Oh, or is he in Liberia? Oh, is he in, uh, uh, in Angola? Oh, where is he? is he? Is he in Russia? Where is Straight Street? And then in, at, on Straight Street, there is a particular man. You see, listen, sometimes, I mean, we just don't know. You know, many times we are also consumed with, you know, when we talk about God using us, we're very consumed with God using us in, large, in a large way, right? You know, you know we, want to, we want to be on a stage, and then we have 20,000 people listening to us. I hear some people are saying it, you know, I, I want to speak to thousands. I want to write books to thousands. Oh, I want to impact generations. I want to go to nations. I want to touch millions of people. Listen, there's nothing wrong in doing that. There's nothing wrong. You know, God calls us to do such things. God wants us to reach the world. But you know that God starts working with you by giving you instruction to go to a house. He gives you instructions to say, go to the church and go to the technical crew and help. Go and join City Praise, you know, our music team in City Life. Go and help them with that. Or go visit another person's house on the street. Or enter a Zoom meeting. Or get out on social media. Or go... You know, go, 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 go to Facebook or go to Instagram or do whatever. Simple, simple instructions to do something that's, that seems very simple. But you know what? What I have discovered is that sometimes God will tell me to do something with one person. And unknown to me, doing that thing, I have many examples of that. Doing that thing with one person opens up to bigger, bigger things. And I'll be like, wow, if I had not obeyed God in doing that thing with that one person, I wouldn't be doing this bigger thing that that I am doing right now. I want to tell you to be faithful in little. Don't look down on anybody or any assignment that God tells you to fulfill. You might, you, well, the assignment of God for you might be to teach a little child, just one child, or to teach two children. Or, or you know, your, the assignment might be for you to man a camera. The assignment might be for you, you know, to just go and deliver food to one person or to do, you know, to just do something that seems very simple. But you do not know that what was behind it was an apostle. An apostle that was going to transform the world for generation after. I can tell you that this, is, this was the last time that we heard of Ananias in the Bible. But I can tell you that that's not the last time we're going to hear of him when we stand before God. Because everything that Paul did, all the places that Paul went, all the sufferings that Paul endured, all the pains and all the things that Saul endured, all the rewards for every one of those things is going to be attributed also to Ananias. Because Ananias... And I was obedient to God. But listen, look at it before. This man was obedient, but before he was obedient, he was in the comfort zone. Look at what he said. Verse 12, quickly, verse 12. Look at what he said. He said, in a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him to restore his child. Can you imagine? God actually shows people pictures of us. I've had some people told me that before. You know, they tell me that I had a dream. I had a dream and I saw you. Someone said, I had a dream and I saw you and you were praying over me or you were speaking to me. I've had that happen. God shows people vision. Let me ask you a question. Is there somebody that God is showing a vision of you? God is showing that person a vision of you and you are the one that's supposed to solve the problem. You are the one that's supposed to unleash them. You are the one that's supposed to, to activate them. You are the one that's supposed to lift them out of where they are and take them into their destiny. You are the one that's supposed to start a new move of God. Somebody that's going to touch nations but you are sitting there in your house and you are afraid. Look at what he said. And Ananias answered, I have had many reports about this man and all the harm he has done to your holy people in Jerusalem. Verse 14. And he has come here with authority from the chief priest to arrest all those who call on your name. 
verse 15. And the Lord said to Ananias, go. Hey, I love God. God did not even listen to his complaint. Oh, you know, Lord, but what, but what if I go? You know, what if, uh, you know, you know all this report that is going on around in the community, you know, that, 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 you know of course, then there's corona, there's all this stuff. You know, but what if I go and that happens to me? What if I go to that place? All this violence that is going on right now. What if I go? What if I go? What if I go? You are talking to God, you are complaining. God did not even answer anything about his complaint. God just said, activate your goal! Activate your goal! Get out of your fear. Get out of your comfort zone. Get out. Get out of that place of comfort. Get out of that place where everything is under your control. Get into that place where everything is out of control and only God becomes your controller. I'm telling you when you are flowing with God and walking with him, you are going to get to that place where you are no longer in control. But you know that in depending upon God, everything is under control. That's when you are moving with God. When you are no longer the one dictating the direction of your life. When your life is not dictated any longer by your comfort. But it's dictated by the assignment of God and the instructions of God. Go! Because that man is important. You know, God has spoken that those kind of words to me before. That go! Because that man is important in my plan. Go! That man is important in my plan. I want to speak to you, everybody. This, you know, like this one, God is telling me, activate people, activate people. And God is speaking to me about some people that I've not paid attention to before. Or some people that I'm meeting newly. And he's telling me, that man is important in my plan. That lady is important in my plan. That child is important in my plan. I want you to invest more time with this person. I want you to invest more, more resources in this person. Sometimes you say, I want to send some money to that person. That person is important in my plan. Bring them on the live 360. That person is important in my plan. I want you to support them. That person is important in my plan. Listen, I want us to get into that spirit. Number one, get into the spirit of, of being joyful to see other people activated. Get into the spirit. For Ananias did not say, I want to be the center of attention. Oh, I want to be the one that will be your chosen instrument, Lord. Why are you telling me to go, and, to go and speak to somebody to be your chosen instrument? I have been praying. I have known you before this person knew me. This person was killing people. This person does not even know you. You are telling me to go, to go and tell him that he's going to be my chosen instrument. Yeah, God said yes, because Ananias, what I've called you to do is to be a platform for Paul. To be a mat for Paul. For Saul. To be Paul the apostle. That is what I have called you to do. And that is what I have called him to do. We need to know our place. We need to know what he has called us to do. And not try to compete. And not try to fight. You are not going to be the center of attention. You are not going to be the one that everything revolves around. There are many people involved in God's plans. And God is calling all voices. God is calling all people. God is a master chess player. And he's playing all... Oh, he's putting all his pieces in the right places all over the world, all over the city. So I speak activation to everyone right now in the name of Jesus. Everybody that, that God is saying, you are important to my plan. You are important to my plan. There's an aspect. There's a sphere. There's a neighborhood. There's something that I've called you. I speak now in the name of Jesus for a stirring to come into your spirit, for a rising to come to you. Every voice begin to arise. Every flame begin to burn. Every destiny be released. Be activated in the name of Jesus. Be activated in the name of Jesus. Let your calling be activated. Let your gift be activated. Let your purpose be activated. Let your spirituality be reactivated. Let your relationships, divine connections, divine relationships be activated. In the name of Jesus. Go! 
this man is my chosen instrument to proclaim the name, my name to the Gentiles and their kings and to the people of Israel. Verse 16. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. Look at that. Ananias activated his goal. He went out of his comfort zone. Then Ananias went to the house and entered it. You know, I'm just trying to imagine how he did it. Maybe he got to the house. He tried to knock. You know, should I knock? Should I not knock? And then he knocked gently. And then he opened it. And then he saw, saw fearful, afraid. Maybe this guy is going to arrest me. Maybe this is a threat. But you know, he was obeying God. Listen, sometimes you have to obey God in spite of your fears. Sometimes you just have to be courageous. Because courage is not the absence of fear. But it is acting in spite of your fear. Sometimes you have to take that step. When you are all afraid. When you don't know what is going to happen on the other side. But you just do it. Come on, rise up from that place where you are right now. Step out and go to that house he's telling you to go. Step out right now and go to that person he's telling you to go to. Step out now and deliver that message that he has put in your heart to deliver. Step out now and begin to transfer something that God has given you that needs to be transferred. Step out now and lay hands upon the people they are supposed to lay hands upon. Come on, step, step out now. Step out now and open the blind eyes that God has called you to open. Step out. Step out into social media. I know you don't like social media, but step out there. Step out of your comfort zone. I know there's corona all over the place, but people are going to work. People are doing different stuff. Do all your safety. Step out and get into the church when it's time for us to open. Step out. Serve in the Life Development Center. Step out. Step out. Step out of your comfort zone. Activate your goal. You don't know what God is going to do through that little step. He said, Brother Saul, he placed his hand on Saul. Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here, he has sent me to you that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Verse 18. Verse 18. Wow, this is so powerful. Immediately, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and he could see again. And he got up and was baptized. Just one man. But you know what Ananias did not know at that, at that time? You know, God had told him, but he did not know that God just used him as an instrument to take the scales off the high of the apostle that would take the scales off most of our highs generation to come. Ananias did not know that he just activated the greatest apostle that ever lived. The man that has impacted more people than anybody and that continues to impact many people. He did not know that, that is what he was activating. Who is that person that is around you? What is that instruction that God is giving you? You don't know the potential of it. You don't know. It looks, it looks, it looks like, you know, just so you know, you know, just straight street. You know, you know, it looks like somebody was blind. Maybe that assignment, that thing you were doing in church, that thing you are doing, you know, just looks like you know it's not important, but you don't know what you're activating. You don't know what that God is gonna use that thing for. But when you are obedient to God and you step out of the uncomfortable, that's what happens. God uses you to launch people and uses you to advance his purpose. So go outside your comfortable. Activate your goal. My last point. My last point. So my first point in activating your goal is go out of the current and the conventional. My second point is go outside the comfortable. My last point. Go outside the context. 
go outside the context. What do I mean by the context? You see, the context is different from the current. Or the, the context is different from, you know, the, the, the comfortable. The context can be uncomfortable too. And the context can be, uh, can be present, can be old. But there's something unique about this one that I really wanted to speak about because the story of, uh, of another person in Acts of the Apostles who went outside his context and became a game changer for the entire body is very instructive to, to all of us. What do I mean by context? You know, many of us are used to a particular flow. We have, you know, we have our friends. You know, we have our friends. The, 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 the same friends that, you know, we like. We are bodies. We are close-knit. Uh, you know, those are the people that we stay around. You know, we have our, our cliques, our little cliques, and we're so comfortable in that clique. You know, it could, I mean, cliques, you know, you know, it could be cliques at work, cliques in the family, cliques at church, you know, cliques in our neighborhood, cliques. We know we're just comfortable. You know, we just, we're just accepted. Sometimes the context can be, you know, a racial or ethnic context. You know, we're, we're very comfortable with people that speak like us, that think like us, that talk like us, that have the same skin color, that, you know, we can, you know, we, we have the same creed. Uh, you know, we are very ideologically similar. Sometimes the context can be your political ideology. Oh, no, 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 no. Never, ever. I never speak with somebody, you know, who is a Democrat. Oh, no, no. Somebody wears a red hat is my enemy. You know, you know, you know we, we, we're in those boxes and those silos. But Jesus never called us to be in silos or to be in boxes. Jesus called us to touch the entire world. Jesus called us to speak to our entire generation, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the uttermost part of the earth. Jesus called us to speak to the educated and the uneducated, to speak to the white, the black, the brown. He called us to speak to a nation. He called us to speak to people who agree with us and those who disagree with us. He called us to speak to, to, to Democrats, to Republicans, to independent and those who have no party. He called us to those to speak to those who have faith and those who have no faith. He called us to speak to those who are straight and those who, who are Again, he called us to speak to everybody and to preach the message to everyone. But many times we find ourselves sitting within our context and we're enjoying our context because you see, when you are in your context, when everybody's like you and everybody's talking like you, you have a sense of peace. There's a sense of serenity, not knowing that that sense of serenity is actually you being boiled in lethargy. Oh, thank God, because God allowed persecution to take place, to take place in Acts of the Apostles to stir them up and say, no, 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 this is not where I told you to sit. I know you are seeing miracles. I know you are seeing shadows healing. I know you are seeing all those things. But that's not the place I told you to sit. I want you to step out and talk to those people you have never talked to. I want you to step out and do something that you have never done before. Get out of your context. So as God was speaking the go, telling them to activate their go, there are three people. Listen, the first one, I've already talked about it, Philip. You know, in, the, in my first point, Philip. The, Philip went to Samaria. I mean, you don't know how profound that statement is, except you have studied the Bible very well. You don't know how profound it is. Let me give you a verse. John chapter 5, verse 9. You see how profound that, that is. John chapter 5, and verse 9. The woman, Jesus met the woman of Samaria at the, at the well, the Samaritan woman. You know, John chapter, sorry, is it John chapter 4, verse 9? John chapter 4, verse 9, yeah. John chapter 4, verse 9. So Jesus met that, that woman of Samaritan. He said, look at what the woman of Samaritan said. He said, the Samaritan woman said to him, you are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. 
How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. The woman was like, Jesus said, give me a drink. And the woman, the woman was shocked. Ah, how can you ask me for a drink? Because we don't do, there's no association between the Jews and the Samaritans. And then the Bible tells us in Acts chapter 8 that Philip went to Samaria. The last time Jesus tried to go to Samaria, the people said he couldn't come. They said, you can't come. You can't even pass through the town of Samaria. When he wanted to go there. You know, that was, there was a wall. There was a barrier. They don't talk to one another. They don't relate to one another. They were ethnically different because the Samaritans were half-breed Jews, as they call them. So there was a difference. So there were no relation. You know, when a, when a Jew touched a Samaritan, or moved a Samaritan, they have to go and wash their hands and do whatever because they have touched what is unclean. But Philip went to Samaria. This way, he, he stepped out of, outside his context. And so he unleashed a new thing in the body of Christ. Listen, who are those people that, you know, you, you, you know when you think about them, it's like, we don't talk to those people. We don't, we don't relate to those kind of people. We don't, no, 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 we don't do that. We don't, we don't go into, you know, no, 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 they're just separate. They're just different. Yeah, that's what we're talking about here. Philip went to Samaria. God is calling you to step out of your context. The second person, I mean, the second story is, still, is Philip again. You know, just shortly after he went to Samaria and there was that great revival, God just caught him up and God sent, God, God just took him by the spirit. And then the next thing is he appeared at the place and he saw a particular man. You see, God is so strategic. I want you to know that in all the events of your life, if you are submitted to God, and we've been praying for the past 21 days, you are submitted to God, God is sovereignly arranging you. And you do not know that, you may not know that that place where you just strategically found yourself, when you are working, when you go on a project, or that person that strategically, you know, is calling you, that God is actually at work. Because this man was, was a black man. This man was one of the officers of, of Candace, the, 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 the queen of Ethiopia, which was Sudan, you know, in those days. You know, he was, he was, and he came to Jerusalem. He was a devout Jew. He came to Jerusalem and he was going back to Africa. He was going back to Ethiopia. And then God strategically allowed Philip to, 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 to see him. So Philip saw this black man riding in the chariot. And then the Holy Spirit told him, go and join his chariot. Go and join his chariot. Go and enter that car. Go and join his house. This man doesn't look like me, but go and join his chariot. And then Philip obeyed. And he went to join the chariot of this man. And the man was reading the Bible and he couldn't understand it. And Philip explained the Bible to him. And the man got saved. The man got filled with the Holy Spirit. And that's how the gospel went into Africa. I'm here to announce to you right now that when you step out of your context, God will use you to reach, to reach people, to reach context that you are not even born into. Contexts that are different from what you look like, what you speak like. God is raising, up, raising us up right now and is saying, get out of your comfort zone. Get out of your context and go into the places and the people that have called you to go to, even though they don't look like you, they don't sound like you, they don't speak like you, they don't eat like you, they don't play like you, they don't do the same spot that you do, they don't even agree with you, they may even have oppressed you before or you've been oppressed by them before. Oh, Maybe you oppressed them before. You step out. Step out and get out of your context. You know, my final story for today. Listen, I feel the anointing of God so strongly. And I feel God is activating people right now. You know, my, my, my last story today is about Peter. Oh, Peter, 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 the apostle. So God was activating the ghost of his people. 
between Acts chapter 8 and Acts chapter 13. We're just activating people like that into, into new, into the, you know, the, 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 the current out of the hold, into the, the uncomfortable, out of the comfort, comfortable, into their context, into new context. So Peter one day went to pray. He went to pray. Look at it. Acts chapter 10. That's our last story for today. Acts chapter 10 from verse 9. He said, about noon the following day, as they were on their journey and approaching the city, Peter went up to the roof to pray. 21 days of prayer and fasting, right? He became hungry and wanted something to eat. While the meal was being prepared, he fell into a trance. He saw heaven opened and something like a large sheet being let down to earth by its four corners. It contained all kinds of four-footed animals as well as reptiles and birds. Oh my, 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 my. Then a voice told him, get up, Peter, kill him. You need to understand, this man was a Jew. He was a Jew of the Jew. This guy, he ate only things that were kosher. He never went out of kosher. He has never eaten a pig in his life. He's never taken a hamburger or taken bacon in his life. This man just only ate what the Old Testament recommended that they should eat. That was his context. That was what he grew up with. That was what he was familiar with. That was his, his familiar area, the area of familiarity. Then a voice told him, get up, Peter. Kill this thing and eat it. Come on. Verse 14. Surely not like No way. He wasn't, wasn't like Ananias who said, yes, Lord. No, he started by saying, no, Lord. No, Lord. And that's, you know, that's an encouragement to me and to somebody else. You may not start on a yes, but what is important is that you get to a yes. Oh, at first you may have been afraid, but what is important is that you still obey. Oh, you might, you might have you know, refused to do it before, but what is important is that you step out and do it. He said, no, surely not, Lord. Peter replied, I've never eaten anything impure or unclean. I have never eaten it. No way, I've never, I've never, I've never done that. The voice spoke to him a second time. Do not call anything impure that God has made clean. Don't call anything impure that God has made clean. Verse 16. Verse 16. This happened three times. And immediately the sheet was taken back into heaven. You see, if Peter had not obeyed or listened, the, when the thing was taken back into heaven, God would have looked for somebody else to fulfill that assignment. Because Peter was not yielded. God will have found somebody else to do it. But look at what happened to him. Even though he wasn't yielded at first. The testament to Peter, verse 17. He listened to God. While Peter was wondering about the meaning. You see, sometimes, let me say this thing to you. Sometimes things happen in our lives that bring confusion. Is it God? Or what is God trying to say? I will get to a point, a state of confusion or tension. Many people, when they get to the, to the state of confusion or tension, instead of taking some time to ponder and to think about what is God truly saying, they start to move. They start to move in the midst of confusion. They start to do things in the midst of confusion. And then they begin to make the wrong decision and step out. What you need to do is to calm down. If you are going through confusion and all that, take some time to listen to the Lord and say, Lord, what are you really saying? Look at what God said. He was wondering about the vision. Then suddenly the men sent by Cornelius found out where Simon's house was and, he stopped, and stopped at the gate. Verse 18. They called asking if Simon, who was known as Peter, was staying here. It was a divine encounter. God has spoken to Cornelius to go and find Peter, to preach the gospel to him. He was a Gentile. This is the first time the gospel is going to go to the Gentiles. 
to the Gentiles, those who were not Jewish. The Ethiopian eunuch was a Jewish, you know, he was a Jewish person in Africa. But this is the first time that the gospel was going to go to the Gentile, to come to us. God was about to open the, gospel, the, 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 the doors of the gospel to come to us. We have no covenant relationship with God through Abraham. And God called them, they called out, asking if Simon, who was known as Peter, was staying there. Verse 19. While Peter was still thinking about the vision, you see, he was thinking about it. Look at it. Listen, everybody, look at me. Sometimes when you take a few moments, sometimes to meditate on what you are seeing, causing you confusion, I don't understand. Take a few moments to think about it and meditate on it. The Spirit of God will speak to you. And then the Spirit of God will also send confirmation to you so that you are no longer confused. While Peter was still thinking about the vision, the Spirit said to him, Simon, three men are looking for you. I love this, the way the Spirit of God is guiding these people. Three men are looking for you. Some people say, the Holy Spirit doesn't guide us any, that way anymore. No, it still guides us that way. It still guides me that way. Three men are looking for you. Three men. Not 20 men. Not 20,000 men. Three men. Three men. Sometimes three men. Three men looking for you are the ones that God will use to, step, to take you out into your goal and to take you into becoming a barrier breaker, becoming somebody who is going to open the gospel the door of the gospel to the entire Gentile world. Three men. Three men making a call, sending you a Facebook email, uh, message or something. Verse, verse 20. Verse 20. Quickly. So get up and go. Get up. Activate your goal. Get out of prayer. Get out of pondering. Get out. Get out now. Activate your goal. Go downstairs. You've been in the upper room playing. Praying now. Go downstairs. Get. You know, you've been on your knees. Now get on your feet. Or oh, you've been in my presence. Now get on the street. Get out right now. Because I'm calling you right now to go forth and unleash something new that is going to transform the whole world. My plan that I've been speaking about since I spoke to Abraham. That Abraham is going to be the father of many nations. It's about to start happening. I'm about to extend this grace, this gospel to the entire world. And you are the one that I'm calling. But it's going to take you to get off your butt. It's going to take you to get out of spirituality, out of your spiritual experiences, to get out of that place of prayer and get on the street and talk to those people and open your door and let them come in. It's going to take that. Get out. Get out. And go with them. For I have sent them. Go with them. For I have sent them. I know some people are going to come against what you are doing. I know some of the believers who come against what you are doing, saying, why are you eating with the Gentiles? But I'm telling you that I'm the one telling you, go with them. 21. Anyways, to cut the long story short, Peter went down and said to them, I love this, and this is where I'm going to end my message today. He said, I am the one you are looking for. Listen, can you, can you give me the NLT? Because I love that. I'm the man. NLT say I'm the man. NLT, I'm the man. I'm the man you are looking for. I'm the man you are looking for. Why have you come? I'm the man. Listen, look at me right now. You're watching me from everywhere. Are you the man? Are you the man? Are you the man that the city of Chicago is looking for? Are you the woman that our generation is looking for? Are you the man that city press is looking for? Are you the man that city tag is looking for? Are you the man that the Lord of the Center is looking for? Are you the man that our families are looking for? Are you the man? Tell yourself I'm the man. I activate my goal. 
I'm the man. I'm the woman. I activate my goal. I'm the one the world has been waiting for. I'm the one the city has been waiting for. I'm the one this generation has been waiting for. Oh, let me end with the story of D.L. Moody. D.L. Moody, who I believe God has given one of the most influential and lasting ministries that have ever, that ever existed on the face of the earth. This man who lived in Chicago oh, over a century ago. He lived in Chicago here. And this man was just somebody who's, who, 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 was, who, sold, who sold shoes. This man was not very educated. He was just that man. And then this man came to the city of Chicago. He came to the city of Chicago and one day, you know, somebody was talking and that, somebody, that person was preaching. And that person said, and said, and said, you know, the world is yet to see what God is going to do through a man who is wholly surrendered to him. The world is yet to see what God will do through a man who is wholly surrendered to him. D.L. Moody looked and said, I will be that man. He said, I'll be that man. Just like Peter said, I'm the man. He said, I'll be that man. And this man stepped out of his comfort zone. Diamudi began to go to the sands. The sands right now is where we have Lakeshore Drive and all those places where we have those skyscrapers. But it used to be, it used to be a slum. It was a slum of white kids from all over Europe, poor kids all over the place. This man stepped into the slums where nobody wanted to go. And this man began to pick all the kids from there. And then he would bring them dirty, all of them. He would bring them to the churches. Then you have to pay to enter churches in those days. You have to pay for the pews. That's how they used to support the church in those days. So you have to pay for the pews. So this man would pay for the pews for these kids to come into church. And after a while, the churches started telling him, these kids that you are bringing in, they are just too rowdy. We can't take them anymore because they are causing us too much problem. So Diamundi was forced by circumstances, by the signs of the times, and began he established what was called a Sunday school, and he began to teach these kids by himself, he began to teach these kids by himself. They started getting transformed, and right now, we have Moody Bible Institute, we have Moody Church, we have Moody Radio, we have Moody. He became an evangelist that traveled all over the world, proclaimed the gospel to thousands and thousands, but he started by saying, I'll be the man. I'll be the man. I'll be the man. I'm the man you are looking for. Listen, you listening to me right now. Are you the man that God is looking for? Are you the one that God is calling? I'm telling you right now, you are the man. Activate your goal. Get out of your sitting position. Get out of your sleeping position. Get out. Get out of your dormancy. Rise up and begin to do what God has called you to do. Step out. Even though you are afraid, step out. Take that step. Take that little step. Do what he has called you to do. And see what God is going to do through you. This is my message for you today. Hope you have been activated. Lord, I lift up everybody hearing me today. Wherever they are, I pray for them right now. Let your spirit, like you told me, will happen as I preach this word. Let your spirit go forth right now and begin to activate the spirit of people. And begin to stir up the spirit of people. And begin to move people out of dormancy. And begin to move the people out of lethargy. And begin to move them out of fear. And position your people for your purpose. Receive. Receive the anointing wherever you are right now. I pray for the person that is listening to me who does not have a relationship with you. Lord, I ask, Lord, that you draw that person out of sin. Draw that person out of the grave. Draw the heart of that person to you right now. I pray that this person will open up their heart and receive you. I receive Jesus. I receive Jesus. If you are watching me and you have not made Jesus the Lord of your life, it's time for you to receive him. It's activating just like he activated Paul the Apostle. God needs you. God needs you. No matter what you have done, no matter where you have been, no matter what you have killed, no matter who you have killed, 
no matter the wrong we have done jesus is calling you just as you are just as you are without a plea the blood of jesus is enough for you the death of jesus is enough for you surrender your life to him and come to him and like he did to me he transformed my life and called me the same god they're like he did to, to Saul and turn him into apostle apostle paul god is calling you right now and he has a plan for you so just come and receive him receive him. just ask jesus to come into your heart right now and he will oblige you he'll come in because he's already waiting with you right there He's waiting with you. Open your eyes. The scales will fall off. He'll fill you with his spirit. And then he will begin a new thing in your life. If you are backslidden, maybe all this that have happened has caused you to lose your faith. Has caused you to go back in your faith. Right now, right? Come back, come back, come back, come back. Come back, come back. Be stirred up in your faith. Become that man, that woman who was stirred up for God, who was on fire for God. Become that man once again. Become that person that was full of praise and full of fire for God. I command the fire and the flame inside of you to begin to burn again. In the precious name of Jesus. Thank you for honoring your word. Thank you for lifting up your people. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. I don't know about you. I feel so energized. I feel ready. I'm ready to activate my goal. I've told God I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to start the church when it's time to start the church. I'm ready to go to any place you're telling me to go. To get on social media. To get on the street. I'm ready to go. You should be ready to go too. Activate your goal. Thanks for listening to the Glow Podcast. We trust you were blessed and inspired. For more content from Dr. Land, visit our website at www.pastorland.com and follow at Pastor Land on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Keep glowing. See you next time.